Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Justin Tinsley, Israel Gutierrez, David Dennis Jr., Mina Kimes. An all-star game, game winner, and Otani Otampere. Does come to Seattle, clap, 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 work for you, or is it polysyllabically difficult? I think there's a challenge there. We'll go. Let's go. They got their point across. to our town. That's the best I can do. Seattle's tough. The drought you maybe didn't even know was a drought is over. NL finally beating AL in an all-star game. Been a decade of American dominance. But now there's national emergence. Elias Diaz puts his name in the record books for go-ahead game-winning all-star home run. This game had some terrific catches and the Otani tampering. We just heard from the Seattle feds and maybe mic'd up players. They had mic'd up pitchers, which is uh, a degree of difficulty. I think we could all agree is a challenge. And we had a pitching duel in this all-star game. Mina Kimes. Your home field in Seattle. Biggest takeaway from the game. Before I get to the non-baseball story that I kind of felt did dominate the baseball game, I do want to give a shout-out to Luis Sarais contributing to that National League win, going two for two, uh, reflecting something that I think is probably one of the more undercovered stories in baseball, which is his pursuit of 400. Mm-hmm. He's hitting 383. It's incredible. And a lot of the players were really impressed by him even going two for two. Uh, but for me, the big story is, of course, the O-tampering, you called it, the preview we got for what I am <laughs> calling Chopin season because it's going to be one of the most exciting free agency chases we've seen in a while. So exciting that we were talking about it last night. Not just the Mariners fans trying to entice Otani to come to Seattle. I did not participate. I was joking, by the way. Um, But every little comment he made, every little conversation he had, he praised Mookie Betts at one point and Dodgers fans were like, oh my God, he's praising Mookie Betts. He's coming to LA. Guys, Think how crazy this was and how crazy it's going to be this offseason. I cannot wait. David Dennis Jr., your takeaway from the All-Star game? I want to start at the beginning. Those two incredible catches. Garcia, Arena made those um, incredible catches at the wall, which only bolstered my belief that for the home run derby, you should put outfielders out there to rob home runs and take away points. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, I'm going to echo. Oh, I like that. I'm going to echo Mina here and that this is about Shohei Otani being the star of stars. Didn't do much last night. Walked, struck out, but he was the talk of the night. He is Beyonce of the MLB. You think you're a superstar till Beyonce walks in the room. Otani is Beyonce walking in the room, and he's all we're talking about even though he did minimal during that game. Israel Gutierrez, was it about Otani for you as well? It was, but I'm going to start where David started too, and yes, it was the great catches, but it happened in the first inning, and man, do I love a West Coast All-Star game when you're starting with the sun, and the sun is setting, and those beautiful visuals, so that made it even better for me. Uh, you talked about Louis Arise's two hits. 
came on two pitches. He saw two pitches. He hit them both into the outfield. That's an efficient hitter right there. You had Julio Rodriguez at the end, the whole hometown guy potentially at the plate trying to win it. He walked. It was a little anticlimactic, but it was a moment. But to me, a lot of all-star games, regardless of the sport, you think of the moments around the game as well. I think of Shaq with the big giant phone as a shoe, if you remember that. The Shohei Otani chants are what's going to be this all-star game, what we're going to remember the most about this all-star game because of what Mina mentioned, sort of the, the preview of the free agency season. He also happens to be the most unique, intriguing, best player we've seen in the sport right. just ever. Yeah. And so right now, the, the excitement for him is bubbling over, and in Seattle's a great place for it. So, yeah, I think that's what's going to be the most memorable part. And it just sort of confirms that you don't have to have all these home runs and everything else for the all-star game to still be baseball all-star game to still be the best all-star game of them all. Justin Tinsley. Yeah, I've got a couple of takeaways. One, it's been 25 years since one team has scored 10 runs in this game. So maybe next year, let's get Ellie De La Cruz in that game. Two, I love the tampering from the Seattle fans. Expect to see that for the rest of the for the re for the rest of the season for Angels away games. But three. The big story of this game is a Luis Arise. Like, of course, he's going to be the biggest story for the rest of the mm -hmm. se season, Sans Otani, because 400 is that next big mythical number in baseball that maybe it can be broken, maybe not. But, like, we saw Tony Gwynn in 1994. He likely would have surpassed 400 had the season not stopped. Mm. So this guy went two for two in a pitcher-dominated All-Star game. So my fourth takeaway, and since baseball, was, since baseball is trying to manipulate rules, if he falls two hits short of 400 this season, these two hits in the All-Star game should count because this was a pitcher-dominated <laughs> game. <laughs> All right. Uh, back on Otani, though, Mina. The idea that he said he spends his off-seasons in Seattle, he told John Heyman this, uh, does that have is that something or is that nothing? Don't play with my emotions well, like I this. Mean, it's, uh, it's not nothing. <laughs> I, I would argue not because of his comments, but because you guys remember, he came very close to signing in Is Seattle that right? Oh, I, hadn't, his, I didn't hear yes, about he, that. Yes. Uh. Yeah, you know, some people might have been disappointed on this program. I, I don't I don't doubt the fact that Seattle will be one of the teams they're running. I do not believe they are one of the front runners, however, because of the amount of money it will take to get Otani. But they should be in the mix. They should try to be in the mix, obviously. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll have that horn here, and we'll move on to the second half of the season, which starts Friday. But something to watch for as the postseason looms is the pitch clock. Does baseball keep the same pace in postseason or soften the rule when the pressure really mounts? The Players Association wants the pitch clock to be less of a focus in October, maybe expanded 15 seconds or 20 seconds. Doesn't want pitchers or batters so focused on the clock in a playoff appearance with the pennant on the line. Commissioner Rob Manfred has said he doesn't want postseason to have different rules than the regular season. And just to underline this, the numbers through the first half really are amazing. Average time of game, two hours, 38 minutes. Last year was 3.03. They shaved off 25 minutes with this rule, Justin. So should baseball approach the postseason like the regular season, like Commissioner wants, or soften the pitch clock like players want? Well, I think this is kind of like a complicated issue because it is Clark versus Manfred, and I don't think either one of them trust the players, so this is pure chaos. And this is still an evolving organism. But as you just said, you know, baseball is on pace for its quick 
quickest pace of game since 1984. Wow. Home runs and strikeouts are up. Uh, the violations by pitchers and batters have decreased each month. So I don't necessarily support one side completely over the other. But if I had to pick one, I would pick Clark because I'm I'm all for increasing the count the clock excuse me, the clock, maybe like five or 10 seconds, because I would rather that than that God awful controversy, excuse me, controversy come sep September or October. So I have to side with Clark on this. Israel Gutierrez. Here's what I don't like. The idea of softening it at the end of the regular season, as if wins in September mean more than the wins in April, right? So those games have to be the same. To me, if you're going to change it, it would only be in the postseason. But even then, the idea that, hey, we don't want a game ending on a violation like this, okay, so don't. You know, I don't want a game ending on a travel from a guy trying to take a game-winning shot in the NBA, but sometimes it might happen, right? So you don't do that. If there are huge problems uh, this postseason, then you change it for the next season. But if you're anticipating issues before they actually arise, then, you know, I don't know if that's probably the best solution. Dave Dennis Jr.? For me, the playoffs should be what I kind of have been pitching this whole time for how they do the pitch clock. No pitch clock in the ninth inning. That, that, that You don't want a game decided on something like this. That's not on the table. They're not going to yeah. probably uh, debate that, but that's something that I think would probably make the most sense. What I think we'll actually probably end up seeing is a soft softening. That's kind of how the NFL does a delay a game. They give you a beat or two, and it's kind of an informal loosening of that clock, which I think we probably see more uh, in the playoffs as these two are at an impasse on what to actually do. I mean, cops. Yeah, I don't really understand the point of changing it. Um, Clark represents the players, but the players don't seem to actually be that bothered by it. I mean, violations both for pitchers and batters are way down. They've been declining every month. This has not been an issue. On top of that, uh, it feels arbitrary. They say they don't want it to interfere with big moments. So when is the big moment? Does it kick in in the ninth inning? I'm with Izzy where I don't think certain innings should matter more than others purely for entertainment purposes. And finally, speaking of entertainment purposes, this has been great for the product. There's no reason to make the product worse when it's on its biggest stage. I say keep the rule and uh, trust the players to stick with 25 it. 25 minutes shaved off of this you know what they don't want? They don't want what happened in spring training for a walk-off pitch clock violation. But we haven't seen anything near that in the regular season. No pitch clock violations last night in the All-Star game. Were there any pitch clock violations <laughs> in the celebrity softball game? Did the hostess of the celebrity softball game commit any violations? Mina, we saw you there. What was the, what was the highlight for you? Uh, the highlight for me personally was meeting Felix Hernandez and fangirling like crazy. <laughs> but there were there were many pitch clock violations in the All Star game and a lot of offense, way more. Uh, Zach Levine did a bomb, but I love JoJo Siwa cursing when she grabbed it out. She wanted to hit so bad. We'll be back by ourselves next. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. So you want to be great? First, believe you are. Greatness requires drip, not like that, like this. Because greatness isn't about what you've done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Watch out for this first step. It's a doozy from Ben Volen in the Boston Globe. Mac Jones apparently is a lot tighter with the crafts than we realize. This could be trouble for Bill Belichick. Wow. The thought here is while Belichick has seemed tepid, Volen's word about Mac Jones as the president and future of the Patriots, Kraft family is all in. Even invited him to the Hamptons party, the Kraft family has this summer. But here's the whopper from Volan. Belichick's friends have privately said they're worried that the coach is on the hot seat in 2023, (laughs) that the contract the Crafts gave Gerard Mayo to stay on as an assistant could make him coach in waiting. Mina Kimes, I turn to you. Buy or sell this idea Belichick is on a hot seat? On one hand, you've got a quarterback who was the worst when pressured in football last year. On the other hand, you have the greatest coach in the history of the sport. A coach who, despite the mistakes he made in handling the offense, and they were mistakes, and I believe ownership wasn't happy with it, also coached the number one defense in weighted DVOA. Bill Belichick is not on a hot seat. I do think he's probably feeling a little bit more pressure this season, but I don't anticipate that pressure leading to anything. David Dennis Jr.? For most coaches running out there with a team that had basically no offensive coordinators or offense whatsoever is a fireball offense. But Belichick mm. is not most coaches. He's Bill Belichick. That's why he gets to do things like that. You're Robert Kraft. You do not want to be the owner who lost Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick for a guy who's third worst quarterback rating out of all quarterbacks who have 100 dropbacks. That's not something you want to do. Is Ruka Tierras? You know, when we debate whether it was Bill Belichick or Tom Brady who was most responsible for all the success for the Patriots, Rob Kraft never is the opinion, right? He's not the guy who people answer, hey, he's the reason. It wasn't those two guys. So now, if he's going to create this standoff between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, it just kind of sounds ridiculous, especially in a year where everybody's kind of expecting them to finish fourth in their own division. So to put him under their hot seat when they have the least amount of expectations because of Mac Jones is just kind of confusing. So you're not really buying it either. And Justin Sisley, how about you? I've always wanted to do this, Tony. What is going on in Foxborough? <laughs> what is really going on in Foxborough? No, seriously, honestly, if you're going to put Bill Belichick on the hot seat, you better do it if need be. Look, this is a guy, when we go back to the Patriots, maybe it's 60-40 for those Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick. But guess what? 40 is still a significant part of that equation. And it, 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 remember this. It wasn't Bill Belichick that kind of forced Tom Brady out of town. Honestly, this reeks of desperation, if it is true, uh, of the Crafts. We'll move on. Buy or sell two, the two new NBA rules that are official starting next season. <laughs> Technical fouls can now be assessed for flopping. Here we go. We wait all, we play the greatest hits of flopping here. We need very little excuse to do this, by the way. But today we have as good an excuse as any. So 
technicals can now be assessed for flopping. As the second new rule, coaches will get an extra challenge. Oh, We're no. still showing flopping, by the way. Uh, extra challenge if their first challenge is successful. David, how tough do you think these new rules will be to officiate next season? The flopping rule is impossible. The last thing we want is another subjective rule for the referees to get wrong, like the charges and all this other stuff. Do we really want to be t pulling up Scott Foster has called Chris Paul for 12 flops this season? I think we do. I think it's possible we want playoff. to be doing that. Nobody dude. wants this. We're making, we're making stars out of referees, which is bad for the game. Israel Gutierrez? And Chris Bosch has been retired for years, and we're still showing that clip of he him flopping against Carlos Boozer. Um, look, <laughs> I think it's going to be a very difficult thing to call in the game, which is why I don't think there are going to be that many calls. It has to be basically that real versus uh, level of egregious uh, for them to get that call. And so I think you just have players scale back on that. But the responsibility then becomes on the referee to get calls right more often so players don't feel the need to do all the history. So on. you agree with David that this puts too much pressure on referees or too much focus on referees. Justin Tinsley, how about you? Amount, yeah. Yeah, maybe the Celtics knew what they were doing when they traded uh, Marcus Smart before this season. But honestly, <laughs> if I'm the refs, we're already criticized enough. Did, did anybody ask the refs, do they want this type of power? The only positive that comes out of this is if, if it deters players from actually flopping. But, but until then, it's bedlam on any and every ref. Yeah, I, I suspect they'll call it more early on in hopes that it will have a chilling effect on future flops, but it is going to be very hard to adjudicate. I also want to address the other rule change with a challenge. That was much needed. I'm glad they finally made that. Coaches getting punishing. a second uh, challenge. Coaches yeah. for getting right. it right. Yeah, sorry, with the second challenge. Yeah. yeah. saw a couple games in the postseason where the challenge was already out and, yeah. and, and teams lost for that. What are we calling the flopping rule, though? Are we call you said Chris Bosch was on there. I mean, we could have done Vlade Divac. We could have done Vlade. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of great floppers. We'll move on. Ron James. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to have to say it. Buy or sell three, Zion Williams. Rude. What just I want rude. people to know about me is I just want to hoop. Yeah. I want to be out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't mm -hmm. nobody want to just yeah. sit on the <laughs> side. <laughs> it's more of a uh, locking in on, like, flexibility, band work, because I think it's those things that will be able to keep me on the court longer versus just losing a bunch of weight. Gil Arenas is Gil's arena there. Israel, how do you hear Zion Williamson? Well, I hear a guy who definitely isn't on board with losing a lot of weight. He really wants to fight that. But the real thing that came across for me was, oh, wow, he's judging to understand this. And I don't know if it's because maybe he just thought he was invincible all these years, but this level of care for your body is something that's absolutely necessary, especially for a freakish athlete like himself. And when he says he doesn't plan on or doesn't think to lose a lot of weight, well, when you're eating well, you're going to lose a lot of weight given the nature of your job. So that's going to happen. And him surrounding himself with more veteran people, as he called it, older people, also good for him giving him a good So job. you hear this as a good thing. Justin Sinsley, how about you? I do. I feel like what you I, just figured what it out. What I heard from this, the energy I got, this is Zion. He knows that next season is, is the most important basketball season of his life. I mean, he knows next season has to be about basketball and about him staying on the court because this is not hyperbole when I say this. From an individual standpoint, there's no one player in the NBA with more pressure going into next season and to actually stay on the court than Zion Williamson. Peter Kimes? Yeah, the quote that jumped out to me was when he said, there are a lot of things I could have done better. If I'm a Pelicans fan, I'm happy because that sounds like a guy who is taking accountability and recognizes that he needs to make changes himself to get back on the court. David Dennis Jr. 
First of all, as a dad who loves puns, Gil's Arena is my chef's kiss. But as far as Zion, he sounds like somebody who has a desire to get better and a desire to get get on the court. But what I'm struggling with is what is the actual plan? Band work? Like, what are you actually going to do to get on the court for not, you know, for the amount well, of time you miss? Because it's going to take more flexibility, a lot and that's a wonderful thing. I mean, is it just flexibility? Does he have to get into the movement and the mechanics and the gait? And, and everything that goes with it. Does he have to strip down his whole body? And then what type of athlete is he if he has to strip all that down? These are all real questions, but you got to put in the work to find it out. Mina Kimes, Justin Tinsley, thank you for your time today. David Dennis Jr. is Gutierrez. Showdown next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Not wanting to do something, but being told you have to do something. We've all been in that situation before. And that's where we are with the New York Jets. Hard Knocks will be the Jets. It has been announced. It is official. This was a month-long drama because no team said they wanted to do it. And the NFL could kind of force you to do it. We don't know if this is a forced job or not. But how will this go over, David Dennis Jr.? Something tells me Aaron Rodgers was not too totally opposed to having live mics being able to pontificate on whatever Aaron Rodgers pontificates about. Just give him the last five minutes on the show so he can do ayahuasca and just talk about life or whatever he wants to do. No, no, no. I think it'll go over well. I mean, of all the teams that were that could have possibly done it, this is by far the most intriguing mm -hmm. one. But here's what I want. All the Aaron Rodgers interviews, just do in pitch black. Just do them in the dark. He'll get away with anything. He can say anything, and it's, hey, that wasn't actually me. That's okay. Everybody's got jokes. I mean, last time the Jets did it was the Rex Ryan year, and it was one of the best seasons of our Knox, and they made the playoffs. We'll move on. Showdown two, Leo Messi arriving in the United States. Here it is. Here's what it looked like. ESPN F360 went live, and they saw just about nobody at the airport in Fort Lauderdale. Israel, we've seen what it looks like when Messi goes out to dinner in Argentina. Now we see what it looks like when he arrives in the country. He's about to play his next season in. What is this, Is That's the Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport. It's private. This is Fort Lauderdale and South Florida doing Messi a favor. Here's some privacy, sir. It won't be like this forever. Mm -hmm. David? That's, oh, that's an excuse. Come on, Miami. Where's Uncle Luke? Where's Put Pitbull? Where's DJ Khaled? Come on, do something better. We're not going to, you know, get over the allegation that America is a not serious country if Dame Lillard is going to have a bigger parade than Lionel Messi. Yeah, I'm with David here. 
And that's our FaceTime today. David did a shoot. You're welcome, Matthew. <laughs> it's Izzy's favorite tradition of me wishing somebody a happy birthday the day after their birthday. And the person whose birthday was yesterday, my mom, <laughs> Carolyn Jolivet, the best. Uh... Love you, mom. You're incredible. So happy. I know you're watching. If you're in Jackson, Mississippi, and you're running to Carolyn Jolivet, buy her some flowers, buy her some chocolate, treat her good. And of course, mom, as you know, as usual, dinner's on Tony Reality Night. <laughs> when you said uh, that, I'm Israel is not anti wishing your mom a happy birthday. <laughs> okay. One more thing. <laughs> Justin Tinsley, I loved your Into the Griffeyverse essay you did on one of my favorite moments, the 30th anniversary of the Home Run Derby, Griffey hitting Warehouse. My life changed forever with that. Warehouse!